Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. As you know, here at The Coffee Breakup with Marvin and myself, we take mental health very seriously, especially when it comes to therapy. It can be awkward, but the beauty of our sponsorship now with BetterHelp is the accessibility that you get literally over your phone or on the computer, however it is that you need to communicate with someone at BetterHelp to get that therapy that you need. So without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help, or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and the Coffee Breakup listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash the coffee breakup. That's better. H E L P.com slash the coffee breakup. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. When they talk about child versus partner, mm-hmm. what is they really? They're not talking about child, neither are they talking about partner. They're talking about themselves. And what they're saying is, what is of greatest value for me is for me always to feel a connectedness to somebody. Deeper level, particularly emotionally and psychologically, right? Most of us really struggle with that. Yeah, exactly. Below the surface. That's what I'm the, saying. So maybe someone will, will start to make the change, but then maybe the partner is still... Correct. Not getting it. Or Correct. Not, they don't know how. They don't know. It's, it's, now, are you asking about in a dating relationship or in a committed relationship? Oh, man, there's two. Um, <laughs> and here's the reason why. Because there are two different It's easier to walk away sure. in a dating relationship. Right. Right. It's easy. Then let's do relate. Let's do committed. Yeah, yeah, let's do committed. Let's say maybe I don't want to say yeah. that there's kids involved, but maybe there's seven years. Like your your boy who's oh, it's just whatever. Yeah. Let's say now he's like, yeah, I get it. Mm. I want to start, but then maybe the girlfriend is yeah. still like, no. Yeah. Yeah. So you. No different. No different than I say it's no different. Allow me that at least for 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 making the point. Sure. Perhaps no different than one person who wants to start working out would love to see their partner working out, but then the partner really doesn't want to do that. What do you do? Does it stop you from working out? No, you work out. Does it then then mean that if you are working out and because you are working out and your partner isn't, that you would pick up and leave your partner who's a, who isn't working out? 
Now, is that a selfish thing on your part because you want what you want in the way that you want it and because that's what you want, you now want your partner to be someone for you that they do not want to be for themselves. That's called selfishness. But it's, well, it would be selfish, but at the same time, would I want to be with somebody that I really don't want to be with if I'm not attracted to them or if I'm not like... But that's more superficially, that, remember. That, sure, but so I'm supposed to stay with somebody when the lifestyle that we live doesn't align with each other? So so it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a two-way street. Because you can say, well, yeah, you, now you're projecting that on them, and if you're leaving, you're selfish because you want them to be somebody that they're not, and it's because I want them to be that way. So what is the solution? I'll stay even though I don't want to, or I just force myself to be attracted to them, be in love with them, and just coexist? Right, yeah. And the short answer is no. The short answer is no. <laughs> yes. So how do you navigate through that? Because at one end, if you're leaving, you're 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 a bad guy because you want them to be somebody that they don't want to be. If you stay, and I'm, now I'm you're st- unhappy because you, you don't want. Because I don't want to be with them because the lifestyle that they live, they, what they pre- represent for themselves, is not what I would. Oh, it's hard because it, it always comes back down to you. <laughs> Wait, but who says that you're the bad guy? For leaving, you said well, you'll be selfish. Who, who, well, you'll be, true. Did we talk about that? It, it, if you leave, you're selfish. If you stay, it's... But in this case, shouldn't he, selfish? shouldn't he if be you selfish? Stay, maybe they are selfish. <laughs> <laughs> what am I shouldn't doing? He be self- shouldn't, shouldn't he be selfish in that situation? Yeah, because it's my life as well. Like, Correct. I want to live he the life love. that I want to live. Correct. Correct. And, and maybe if that's... Maybe we're not meant to be with each other because if that's who you are, you need to find somebody who's like that too. But like what? May, like living that life, uh, you know? Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. Let's say for that, right. maybe. But, but where does that stop, me. Marvin? Because here's what's going to happen in all probability. Let's say you separate from that person. You go into another relationship. That person in the beginning may be the person you wanted them to be, and then at some point they choose to be someone different. Now then what? Back to square one. You leave that person again? Fuck. Yeah. So what is the... Where's the where's the happy medium? Where's was a compromise? Where's the com- uh, no, I was compromise. waiting for that word to come out. Yeah, compromise is a right? tough word. Yeah, because should you compromise for that? Absolutely not. <laughs> exactly. Com- compromise yeah. is the death of relationships. Yeah, exactly. Because compromise is no, the I death. Agree, I agree. Screw that. Right. So the correct term is not compromise. It, compromise. It is concession. Compromise, so concession. where's compromise is somewhere between one and ninety nine. I really need you to get this concept. Whereas compromise mm. moves somewhere between 1 and 99, concession is both 0 and 100. I concede, I give in to the other person and expect nothing in return. That's 0. Mm. That's 100 zero. Yeah. Compromise. Yeah, that, that was also a good clip. Yeah, uh, yeah, there, it's, it's, <laughs> I would have got a couple million views too. We, so. we, a banger. We, we, we compromise says, uh, you know, we should move somewhere along this scale of one to 99. Mm. And that scale keeps sliding and moving. Whereas concession is both at the same time, all right? Zero, 100. Give in 100% and expect zero in return. 
These are very, very difficult concepts. But that's because your bucket is full with your own. Come on yourself. now. Come on. That's it. I am 100. I am. I don't need. You can be zero. It's. I. Am I need one, you to be 100 if you want to be 100. There you go. But mm. I'm 100 for myself. There you go. Together. There you go. We're all doubt. Okay, whatever number you want to put. <laughs> but together, yeah. we balance each other out. Yeah. Because yeah, we're full. Yeah. And it it appears to be balance. It appears to be balance because yeah. both people are full. But there's really no such thing as balance. Uh, true, true. Right? Right? Yeah, 100-100. appears to be balance, right? But there is no balance because no two people are ever in the same place at the same time. Right. Sometimes right. you got to pick up the slack. Maybe they're not on their best day. Right. Mean so you mean that like your hundred may not be my hundred? Your hundred may not be my hundred. Right. Right. Okay. Mm. Okay. That makes sense. Your hundred may not. Oh be yeah. My I'm, I'm not expecting. For but example, whatever your hundred is, that's your hundred. Whatever my hundred is, that's my hundred. Right. Okay. Well, we, yeah. So we've actually talked about this on other episodes. For example, it's not like let's say Marvin and I, whatever, we have a relationship, and and I'm gonna wash only half the dishes, Marvin. Yeah. Correct. Because we're balanced. We're balanced. Wash right? the other wash half. The other Correct. Half. But in this case, let's say, well, um, he loves cooking. Correct. And I like to clean the dishes. Correct. Boom. Correct. Balance. In our way. Correct. I didn't cook at all. Correct. I should have cooked half. Correct. Yeah, that's balanced. Correct. Sure. No, because what you did that you wanted to cook, you wanted to contribute, you wanted you wanted to do this. Right. I want to clean. Exactly. That's my contribution. So the, 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 the concession is, I'm going to cook. The concession is, I'm going to cook. I don't do dishes. 100, zero. The concession on the other side is, I do the dishes. I don't cook. 100, zero. Right. Compromises. Well, you cook sometimes and I do the dishes sometimes. That's compromise. If I do if I cook, you then do that. you gotta do the Exactly. That's, comp- That's compromise. Ooh. If I cook, you then do this. Now move that into emotional, psychological, and social realms. Where it matters. Yeah. Where it truly <laughs> Where it matters. Really matters. Where it truly matters. If I do this, then you should do this, or you need to do this, or you have to do this because we're in the No, I don't have to. I ain't going to do anything. No, I don't, <laughs> right? And so the minute we begin to take that kind of posture, I really don't have to, which no one really has to do anything, right? Then that gets confrontational, and, and that's not what you really want. That's what, And yet what we're talking about relationships, what we are taught about relationships is, no, you really need to compromise in order to stay together. And I said, no, that's not, that's not true. You know? Now, what ends up happening in most instances is people concede, although they refer to it as compromise. Right, right. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. And I think also that's kind of often where uh, resentment starts to build up, you know? You know they do. Yeah. You know they do. And what you mean? Because... I, you know, I give it, I give into that, you know, because I don't want to argue right now where I want them. I just want them to stop, but it doesn't really stop. Or now that's, that's in my mind, I register that and it's just going to build up the next time I, I might just do it too. And then it'll just build up and build up until there's nothing to build up anymore. Cause it's going to explode. And I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of you doing this. Da, 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 da. But Maybe. can we just talk, like, why, why, why can't couples just talk about things? Why, why is it more taboo to talk about what's really going on rather than what most people do is they'll just bottle it up. Like bottle that resentment up. comes up. They, they just choose not to. Because or, they or have I'm, learned I'm sorry, how I'm so, not to talk to each other. Right. So, so I'm sorry to cut you off there. Go but ahead. It, for example, they'll say, well, I, Dr. Hasty, I, I need your help in order for us to communicate. Correct. But in all honesty, 
maybe they do need your help, but you know that they don't need your help. They can do it themselves. Correct. That's where you come in to really guide them because they're lost. Correct. So how, like, why is it so difficult? I guess from your experiences as well, when you're, when you're meeting with couples, why is it so difficult for them to just uncover that on their own? I want to say a lot of it is Very ego. Very good question. Maybe a lot of ego. Yeah, it is. Maybe ego. they're There's another word. For they that. should just know. They should just know me because they're my partners. What's your feedback? Yeah. So it's not uncommon for couples to present for counseling. Either they're married or they are dating, whatever the case is, sure. but they present for counseling. And I ask them, well, what do you think the problem really is? And they say, communications. And I said, that's interesting, because most people say that, and what I find, it's not communication. It's not communication. What it is is actually selfishness. Mm. Selfishness. Well, what do you mean by that? What I mean is when people talk about communication, they're saying, well, I'm telling them what I want and or need, and they are not doing it. Oh, you want what you want when you want it in the way that you want it and because someone is not responding to it the way you wanted them to, you say that there is a breakdown in communication, that you all are not communicating. I find that you all communicating very well <laughs> because you're saying what you want when you want it in the way that you want it and the other person says, nah, that doesn't work like that. No, you've communicated very clearly. <laughs> Good job. You have communicated very clearly. But now what you want is for me to tell that person what you want, believing that if I tell them what you want, that somehow that's going to carry more weight than you telling them what you want, that they're going to hear me because they're not hearing you. And it doesn't work that way. Yeah. It just doesn't. It's not a communication issue at all. This reminds me of our friend. Oh. Because, okay, we have a friend. Yes. And... There was a, we had gone out to lunch one time and we were just trying to give him advice. We were listening to him. Of course. And every single time we then tried to give him advice or respond to what he was saying, he just had something like ready in the chamber, like another response. Of course. And I'm like, hey, um, you know, it's, you're not listening. Like you don't want to listen. You just want us to agree with what you're saying. You just want us to validate. Correct. You want someone else to say, agree with you. Correct. But we're not. Correct. And now you're finding this very challenging because it's, this conversation is not going your way anymore. He's getting very frustrated, but it's like, you need to understand what it is that we're trying to do. We're not trying to like, yes, we're your friend, but I'm also not going to agree with you just because I'm your friend. Correct. Because I want what's best for you. Correct. And that's not me agreeing with your, what you're doing incorrectly. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it all started with that. That is, again, what most of us experience in coaching and counseling. The huge upside to premarital coaching and counseling is that you can begin to work out these things a little bit earlier in the relationship. And believe it or not, couples are much more open to it under the auspices of relationship coaching and premarital counseling than they are in permanent relationships like marriage. People are much more open, right? Mm. Because it is seen as a teaching and a learning mechanism and tool that they can build on something to improve the relationship that they are looking forward to be a part of indefinitely. Yeah. Indefinitely. It's it's a completely different ballgame altogether. Completely different when it's taken from that vantage point. 
Yeah, I can see that because now he's like, okay, we're doing something for our future rather than okay, we're already there and we try, we need to fix something. Correct. Because now I'm like, what's what's wrong with us? Like, what are we doing wrong? Rather Correct. than saying like, let's pr let's do this for the future ahead of us. Correct. So that, that when you do it up front, then when I'm working with clients, I'm really helping them to put me out of work by giving them the skills up front, so that when they go into their long term partnered relationship on a much more permanent basis, they now have the skills to recognize when they are being selfish and how that is not only unfair to their partner, but unfair to them in the relationship. So let me now check that thing. I'm being selfish. And I teach them, okay, in these sessions, a part of what they learn is, oh, I see. I was being selfish, wasn't I? Yeah, you were. Just yeah. cut right to the chase. Yes, you were. Is that who you want to be? No, that's not who I want to be. What would you like to do then to be a different person? Well, here is what I want to do. Okay, well, great. Let's give this a try for a week and see if that really works. Next week, we will follow through with that, and I will find out from your partner how well you really did with that. This is where the practice comes in. Mm, You're yeah. practicing to get better and better and better over time. Skill sets. Well, skill sets. When I've had, I've had people, whenever they ask me about certain things, the first thing I always tell them is approach it with vulnerability. Yes. Approach it with who you are. What Absolutely. You, what you care. How does it make you feel when things happen? What makes you happy? What makes you sad? Yep. Don't say, well, you always mess up the, when you cook the chicken, you always overcook the chicken. Correct. Be like, hey, Let's figure out something else to cook. <laughs> but something, it's, recipe. Way, it's kind of the way that you approach it. I mean, that was kind of a bad example. But it's almost like, hey, I felt like this when this happened, rather than you did this again. Correct. Yeah. Like Correct. That right there now, as a partner, I'm not feeling attacked. I'm feeling, why would I ever want, I don't want you to feel that way. Correct. That's not, man, I'm, I apologize to what you were saying. Like, no, that's not, that's not what I want the outcome to become. Yeah. Yeah. And you always say, too, it's not m like me versus my partner. It's my partner and me versus the problem. You always say, yes, it. it's like, it's oh, the problem is not you and I. It's you and I versus the problem. That yeah. is correct. Like if we're going to be doing this together, why am I going to make you the video that you sent me the other day? Yeah. Like sometimes uh, uh, couples will argue about whatever's going on, but it's like, is this beneficial for for the relationship? Correct. Because if I get a win out of this argument. Is it really a win? It's not a when win. When you know your partner is it's, feeling the way that they did? Yeah. It's not a win. It's There's nothing healthy coming yeah. out of that. Yeah. And that's extremely frustrating because you have to identify it's, okay, well, we need to work on this together. Correct. We got to figure out what's wrong here so then we can address the actual problem so then we can then circle back to what we have here. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And even before working on it together, you work on it on your own, so to speak. So you go back to talking about... Um, Whenever there is a problem, usually some feeling is going to be generated as a result of that. And I like to talk about the feeling five. Oh. Hurt, anger, joy, fear, relief. Depending on where you go in places, you will see a chart with a whole lot of feeling faces. The published chart has like 72 feeling faces. I don't find those particularly helpful. <laughs> so I like to refer to what I call the feeling five. Because if you take the chart, you can reduce all of those 72 into the feeling five. Right? That's a part of what I have clients do in the process. Hurt, anger, joy, fear, relief. So let's say a couple 
has a particular incident uh, with some something, and it generates a feeling in one of them. The question is, what did you feel based on that particular thing? Hurt, anger, joy, fear, relief. So I am hurt. Not you hurt me. I am feeling hurt. Then the question is, where is that hurt really coming from? There's a reason why that thing hurts. Mm-hmm. And 11 times out of 10, it is because I believe that my values, belief, or boundaries have been violated in some way. Right. Have been violated. That's all about me. That's about me. So now I need to do the work with me first to say, I am hurting because my value, my belief, or my boundaries have been crossed and violated. What do I need to do in response to the feeling of hurt that I have? But that's a, I mean, we're talking high-level processing to identify that I have a feeling, and that feeling is this particular one, and it comes from this place. That's a lot of work. Yeah, because they're not fe- like I'm feeling this. Correct. Something in me correct. responded, triggered correct. for me to feel. Why am I feeling? That it's not so correct. much what they're telling me. Exactly. What is it about that they're saying? That Exa- for me, it's crossing that boundary. There you go. There you go. It's difficult. It is very most difficult. Most people, they like. It, it's no one likes to take responsibility. No. It's a shame. No. When if we did, then it would just be so much easier. Of course. So much healthier. Of course. And that's the word. Healthier. Healthier. Right? To the degree that I become a healthier person, you now become the recipient of the healthier person that I am. So even when I feel hurt about something and I'm able to quickly process that and recognize that that hurt is really about me as opposed to you then I do not now react to the hurt that I feel. And the degree to which I do not react, that maintains integrity in the relationship. Yeah. Does it make sense to you? That's a, Listen, we're talking about high-level stuff. Yeah. We're, talking about, we're talking about someone doing a lot of work on their own by themselves. But this is where relationship coaching, premarital counseling really makes the difference. You learn to do that kind of work. Yeah. And when you do not do that, then you go into long-term significant other partnered relationships like marriage, not having learned these skill sets. And then now you're in it for a year or two or three. This isn't working. I selected the wrong person. Mm. You did not select the wrong person. You educated the wrong person, which was you. (laughs) I like that. Um, I wanted to touch up on something really quick. Uh, We're getting up there. Um, You said, you know, me to marry in 18 Oh, thank God. I wanted to go into that, too. Uh, the question that I have, where does living together with this person fit into all that? Should you live with a person before getting engaged, before getting married? Some people might say that's the, the only thing the only thing really to do in order to get to know them. Or some people might say, you know what, I don't want to live with somebody until I'm engaged. But at that point I gotta know. Yeah, I gotta know. But at that point it's like, man, that's a big commitment. I don't even know if I want if I can live with you, coexist with you. Living together is a big step. Where does that fit into the meet to marry in 18 I got a months. piggyback question on that, but yes. Yeah. You first. <laughs> I always discourage living together. Really? Absolutely. Why? Absolutely. Because, because when you live together, you actually are getting, you, you, you are not allowing yourself 
to get to know you independent of that person in terms of being around them all the time. See, we buy into the idea that if I live with someone, I get to know them better, and that helps me to determine whether or not I should live with them. That is not true even in the least. That is not true even in the least, and here's the reason why. Does it really matter who I live with if I really know who I am? It does not matter. I was waiting for that one. It doesn't matter. It ain't about the partners. It's, it's about not. you individually contributing to that relationship. Because once you do move in together, now your lives are like this without Correct. you having your own identity in that relationship. Correct. It's, it's no longer two. It's three. It's a hard concept for me to grasp. I know it is because you believe. Well, you tell me why it's a hard concept. Because let's okay. For me, example, I'm you know I'm clean, I'm neat, and that organized. Let's say I, I I get engaged for somebody and I marry them, and then we live together. And this person is like the opposite. She's a slop. She's messy, and all that stuff. Where can Did you we not pay attention to that during the dating process? But I didn't live with this person. How you would don't I have know? To live with them. You don't have to live with them. Have you not seen them off? Have you ridden in their car? Yeah. Okay. Is the car clean? Yeah. Okay. Then in all probability, their apartment or house is clean. Have you visited their house or apartment? Yes. Particularly, quote unquote, unannounced. No. <laughs> okay. Actually, okay. yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, sure. yeah. Is the house clean, particularly when you go unannounced? Or yeah, is it yeah. complete chaos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's not, no chaos, but yeah, it's clean. There okay. you go. So, so they're indicators. Once again, character. Once again, character. people tell you who they are. The question is, in dating relationships, are you paying, paying attention. attention to who they tell you who they are? But oh. question, but I have a question because now I think this would your to your point. It seems like that would fit if it's for me to marry in eighteen months or yeah. twelve. I don't know where we are now in your timeline. Did we shorten the, the, the yeah, time? Yeah, 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 yeah. Both, right, yeah. right. And, but but I, I, that makes sense for that one. But for example, you guys, it seems like you know you guys have been together for like a year now. A year, we travel it's together, very healthy. Like yeah, it's very healthy. healthy. We travel together, so we, we spend weeks. So even if they were to move in together now, it, they've already kind of established themselves in their own identities, where they're like, well, I know who I am. Right. You know who you are. Although right. we're not married, you guys can still. Does that would that make sense in their model? Since they're not really. It's not like they're, they're for me to marry in, in 18 months. It's, yeah. well, they've dated, they're happy. He knows himself, she knows himself. It should be okay for them to move in together at this point if they chose to. Right, but the experience is still going to be different mm. because you're with each other now all the time, so to speak. Yeah. Right? And it's not that because you're with each other all the time that you're getting to know each other. You're really not. Hear me on this. Okay. Hear, hear me <laughs> on this. We don't get to know people better when we live with them. That's not true. Really? No, we oh. don't. No, we don't. We just have more experiences of the person that we've gotten to know already. Okay. Yeah. Because is that person now going to change when you lived with them? Theoretically, they shouldn't. They shouldn't. I'm trying to think about it. I'm using my personal reference. Right, yeah, absolutely right, right. good. That's good. Right. I'm getting like a free session right now. Right, exactly. Right, right, right. Take advantage. Take is advantage. that person going to change? No, I don't think so. No. no. No, no, no. That person is not going to change. So are you seeing in that person, the, the question is, what things are you seeing in that person now? 
that's the things that you really need to be, believe are true, accurate, and real. Because if yeah. she is who she says she is and she's confident and secure within herself, then you know you know that no matter the environment, she's never going to change. She's mm. going to remain the same. Come on now. Come on now. I see it. I see it. I see it. You guys are bringing it to me. So I shouldn't. I, I, I shouldn't. We shouldn't live together. You shouldn't feel the need the to need. if That's you feel. Ah. Like Dr. Hees, let me sit in that chair. I'm, really I'm the counselor right now. It's not whether or not you should. It's whether or not you feel the need to no. in order for you to get the information you think you need in order to make ah. a decision that you're, that you're currently not getting right exactly. now. Exactly. I see what you're, you're saying. You're getting all of the information that you need right now. The question is, are you aware of the information that you're getting? Oh, I see. There you go. It's about your awareness. How you perceive them, how you how you take exactly. it in, and knowing their character and, and trusting that who they are is who they truly say that. Yeah, they are. yeah. Okay. So, for example, you say uh, you all have been traveling different places, sure. right? Okay. Have you been paying attention to who she is when you all travel versus when you do not travel? The yeah. Details, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is she consistently the same person in her character? Yeah, yeah. I look at that. Do you really need to move in with her to live with her to find out whether? No, you don't. I think, honestly, it might subconsciously be also like a, I don't want to say an excuse to prolong. Because some people might be like, let's live together for a year and then we'll see. Next Correct. thing you know, we're dating for four or five years. Oh, I need, I need to know. Correct. Do I need to know? Correct. Like you're saying, I don't, because I know. No, exactly. But I need that time to year. Like, I don't need the time to figure it out. But like, it's just an, an extra step that a lot of people might want to take. Yeah. In order to pop that big question. Correct. Because that's a big commitment. If I can squeeze in an extra year of living together for the, for the, for the sake of argument, like, hey, I need to know if we can live together. Well, that's an extra year. I got time to, you know, get over that but fear. But essentially, that's just an excuse it's of an excuse. within themselves or right. within their current relationship right. that they're not confident in. Because oh, even wow. when you live together and you say, we've lived together for a year or two, things have gone great, but you're not married. The fact that you're married, things change. Mm. in terms of the permanency of marriage, right? Things don't change in your character. Things don't change in the way you go about doing things. But change, th changes come from a legal standpoint, whereas even in living together, you can leave at any point in time because you're not married, Sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, Even yeah. though you're living together, you can leave. That is always in your mind. When you're married... You can leave, but you're not going anywhere. Harder. It right. is harder. Oh, yeah. God. It is harder. So that is what changes the nature of the relationship, um, so to speak. Yeah. So this, so this idea of living with someone gives you a better understanding of who they are or what marriage would be like. It's a false narrative. Man, you know what? You just change challenging me in so, such a profound way because ever since I was a kid, my mom would always say. Again, this goes back to our upbringings. When we first Live, started talking yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, it's a full circle. Live with somebody before and proposing because you have to see how they really live. And that's always kind of uh, stuck with me. So that is that is such a big awakening right now that yeah. you, the perspective that you're bringing. I love yeah. that. Yeah. The, the <laughs> let me ask, your mom ever married? Yes. No, not anymore. <laughs> kind of, no. Really? Yeah, it didn't work out. So I guess it's like, oh, why would, I, so should, why should I take advice from you? It didn't work out. Well, here's a question. Blunt. So <laughs> did your mom remarry at any point? Yes. And when she remarried, did she live with the person before marrying them? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. 
All right. And so so she then divorced for a second time? Legal, no, but separated. Okay. So married twice, but not really in a loving relationship. Gotcha. With, gotcha. with my dad. Gotcha. Yeah. So your mom is now saying, hey, I did it this way twice. It doesn't seem to work that way. Do it differently. And yet the research does not support what she is proposing. The research, statistical, scientific statistical research says that individuals who live together before marrying, particularly if they live together for five years, they're more likely to divorce after marrying within a year. Wow. It is true. Wow. It is true. We're seeing some slight changes in the data on that, right? But that has generally been true for a long time. Why? And the reason is because there's this false narrative that as we live with someone and we get to know them better, somehow that predicts what the marriage is going to be like. And that's not true because marriage is a different game altogether than living together. So, for example... Uh, if you have watched any, uh, if, if, if you've watched Judge Judy for any length of time, she will tell you there are no courts for living together folk, right? Courts don't get into living together stuff. Either you're single or you're married. Oh, okay. mm. you're single mm. or you're married, right? The laws in this country are based on, 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 in terms of marital status, single, married, divorced, Widowed. Period. It's, it's That's complicated. It. They, it's, right. <laughs> that so they're, they're just, because you will see people end up in her court where 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 they've lived together, not married, and now they're dealing with stuff. And she said, mm, "Not in my court. There are no laws for." dealing with things like that particular status that's in between single and married. It doesn't exist. Yeah. It doesn't exist. So we have again pushed this narrative that you should live with someone before you marry them. What you really should do, live or not, <laughs> you should pay attention to who you are, particularly with that person. Mm. So a part of my coaching program and counseling program is, particularly when we get to the end of that four-month course of study, as I like to refer to it as, I say to the couples, we're done. We're done. Here's what I would like for you to do over the next month, two, three, before you then decide to get engaged. I'd like for you to pay more careful attention, particularly when you're together. Make it a point to go to a number of different places. Mm -hmm. Go to the beach, go to the park, go to parties, go to church. Whatever it is that's going to be in your life, in your circle, go to those places. And here's the question I want you to ask yourselves. Do I really enjoy being with this person? Because if you don't, get out. <laughs> now is the time. Get out. And so it is the variety of those places that you would now pay attention to that person's character, their thoughts, their beliefs, their feelings, their reactions. That is what is going to help you better to understand who that person on all probability will be in the future. That is what you pay attention to. So you heighten your awareness yeah. to what you think, feel, and believe as you experience these things with this person in all of these different places. And that is the thing that really carries the day moving forward. It is not the experience of living together. 
that's not it. Am I making any sense? Yeah, a hundred percent. Thank you so much for clarifying. Change everything right now. Um, so let's put you on the spot. You cut this out of your choose, okay? So, 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 so let's put you on the spot. Because we're short on time, so you hitting it right. Let's go. Let's go. So you've you've been in this relationship for about a year. About a year. So yeah, like serious, like seriously exclusive. Um. What is this, 2022? Yeah, it's just under a year. Okay. Just under a year. Okay, okay. It's time to marry. Time to marry? Yeah, yeah. Why haven't you married up to this point? I just feel like personally, I'm just, oh. for myself, like mm-hmm. where I am financially, I live in a small studio, I like to have a property. It, it really comes down to, to me. She's great and she's amazing, but I just don't feel like I would be the the the, right, the husband at the moment. He's insecure. You know, for for that, for what? To 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 provide the life that I think I would want to provide for her. Is that what she said? No. Then that's about you. Yeah. Insecure. That's about you. That's about your own senses of insecurities. Why are you projecting that onto her? What does she want? Would she marry you today if you were to propose? You know, honestly, mm-hmm. I because she's also very like. And no rush, and I, I don't know if she would say yes. Okay. And so me not knowing. Twelve months in, you don't know if she would say yes. You all are doing something wrong. Oh shit. Yeah, you are. Twelve months in, and you don't know if she would say yes. Yeah, I don't know. What is you doing? I would like to believe she would say yes. No, but that doesn't matter. Twelve months in, you don't know. What need, are you doing? Yeah, I need to know. Okay, so here's my proposal. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, I'm going to propose to provide free f-r-e-e e-e-e free relationship coaching for the two of you for real absolutely i love that yeah. that's awesome absolutely i reach out to you right sure. right i'm going i'm going to provide free relationship coaching and premarital counseling for the next four months that's i guarantee cool. you that at the end of that four-month period, both of you will be very clear about what it is you want to do. Wow, okay. Yes. Let's do it. Yes, yes. And then what will happen here on your show, every so often, we will then get together and talk about what's going on. I like it. Yeah. Now, all you need is her permission to make sure that this is, in fact, what you want to do, right? I mean, what she wants to do. Because she has to have a say in this as well. Of course, of course. Right? But my gift to you and my gift to your show and my gift to South Florida, my gift to the world would be to then provide that to you and your partner free of charge, free of charge, so people can really get a better sense of whether or not this thing carries any value. I like I'm gonna tell you now. (laughs) It's value, baby. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I'm down. I'm super excited. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Because what I hear you say is I love this person, whatever that means. Now what I take it to mean is I am love for her. I am love for her. I am love, right? She's the recipient of the love that I am. So I love this person. I certainly would like to be with her indefinitely. But I think there are some challenges financially that I would like to overcome, 
There are some things that I would like to develop and have in place, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. All of that is good. Those things should not in any way impede you. They should not hinder you in quote unquote popping the question, although you don't believe in popping the question, right? That's just romantic myth. Right? Sure. But those things should not hinder you in any way from knowing whether or not if you were to pop the question, if she would say, I too want to marry, all right? The answer would be yes, yes. 12 months? No, you should know. In fact, you should know within about three or four months. Yeah. The idea that we we would not know is nonsense. Because, for example, if the two of you didn't know each other and you kind of came into this room and you were invited into this room for the first time, never met each other, didn't know each other, and sat right next to each other in that chair. Within five minutes of being in that chair, both of you would know whether or not you feel safe with each other. Why do we believe that it takes a, a year or two or three years to get to know people? We don't. You would know within five minutes whether or not you feel safe. True. The same thing is true in relationships. You can find out within three to four months whether or not you feel safe physically, socially, emotionally, psychologically, intellectually, financially, spiritually with someone. If you guys are on the goal of trying to get married. Because if you're in the goal just to waste time, then that's where there's relationships that go on for years with no end goal. But if the goal is to ultimately get married, then you'd be working on actively on the important details in order to get to that point. That is correct. That is correct. Let's do it. We're, I don't think we're going to have an, enough time to discuss it, but I do want to just leave a pin there, especially because, one, we do want to have you back on. Of Even course. In, in, independently from that. Anytime. We were going to invite you anyways. Anytime. Um, it's about the concept of marriage in general, if it's even important and if it's even necessary. But right. we can leave that in a little pin yeah. so for next time yeah. we can discuss that. Yeah. What I want you to discuss um, before we wrap up is... The project, your nonprofit. Oh. I would love for you to, uh, to talk about that. Pardon me. The Orchards. Yes. The Orchards. Thank you very kindly. Thank you very kindly. The Orchards, in fact, today is um, the inaugural board meeting, uh, which we will have at dinner. February 5th. February 5th, yes. Uh, our inaugural board meeting. The Orchards is a, is a, is a 501c3 nonprofit uh, organization whose mission it is to provide um, mental health counseling to individuals who cannot afford those services. We provide those services free of charge, free of charge. So the board meeting today is really about uh, constituting the board and then the board then saying to the others who are going to be present, what it is that we envision as an organization, particularly for fiscal year 2022. What we see happening is over the next several months, we will work very hard, very, very hard to raise um, the money that we need. So one of the ways that we will do that is we have recently contracted with a grant writer who is going to write grants. Yes, so we're going to be making an application for federal state and local grants. So there are many, many grants available that will allow us then to make application for those grants. Since we get those grants, we then use the money from those grants 
to hire licensed clinicians who will provide the direct care services to community members who cannot afford mental health services. That's beautiful. That's what that. we do. That's yeah, what we do. That. Yeah. So how can, how can they find you? Theorchardsinc.org. Theorchardsinc.org. And this is already, it's, it's already sailing Live. through? Live. Live. There you go. Yeah. So for those who are interested, please go to theorchardsinc.org and donate. You would see the video right there on the website. You, uh, you click on the video. I am explaining exactly what our budget is, how the monies would be used, and you would automatically get a letter that allows you to write off your contributions in taxes. So please go to that website, theorchardsinc.org, and donate handsomely. Thank you. <laughs> it's also a very short video, so it's uh, you can get all the information. It's very you know descriptive, explains everything. So yes, yes. it's not like it's going to take up too much of your time. I know our podcast can be long, but you guys can afford a short video of Dr. Hasty. Indeed, and thank uh, you very kindly. Yeah. Thank you for your invitation. Thank you for thank you for the work that. Let, I said it two years ago. You did say. You I did said say it two it. years ago, right? And I'll say it again. Your work is invaluable. Your work is is is, is because the truth of the matter is, everyone wants to be in a healthy relationship. Most people don't know how, and the work that you're doing is moving us as a society closer and closer to that. And for that, I remain grateful to both of you. We appreciate you so much. One last thing I wanted to bring up really, really quick, and it could also be your closing. I want to know. You well, know wait, we, well, before, before, just so you know, Dr. Hasty, from when we started, and we're going to ruffle our feathers a little bit, but we are up at almost 15,000 followers on Instagram. Nice. We're at 5,000 subscribers on YouTube. We're at almost 100,000 uh, followers on TikTok, another yeah. social media platform. So clearly what we're doing it's resonating with certain people, yes. but it's because we're passionate and it's individuals like yourself Thank that you. want to come on and contribute and Thank are so you. passionate about the concept. Thank you. So we just wanted to let you know that, you know, you're so valuable, not only to us, but with the information that you're providing to so many people. Thank you. It's because of the, the work that we're doing together. Look how many people that we're actually helping. Thank you. Yeah. So Thank, Thank you also for coming Thank on. So Absolutely. So and anytime you it, listen, it's a given. You ask, the answer's always yes. We appreciate you. The um, answer's always yes. We appreciate you. What I want to know, yeah, like, sorry, go ahead. no, 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 of course, for you, how, how long have you been married? 35 years. I'll be 36 years on June 7th of this year. So almost 36 years. How many kids? Two? You said two? Or? Two beautiful daughters who are also pretty. Two, da <laughs> two, two daughters. <laughs> never really. 36 years of marriage. I want to know, and I'm more on a personal level, but I think it could resonate with a lot of people. What have you been your, your, your greatest accomplishments as a father, as a husband, and also your deepest, I want to say, regrets as both? Uh, very good question. Let me, Excellent question. Let me begin with the, re with the regrets. In fact, I had this conversation with my 32-year-old last evening, and I said, the, regrets, uh, or the, the biggest regret is not having those 12 kids that I wanted. Absolutely so. I wanted six girls. And then six boys. Oh, it's, 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 up, it's up to chance. Right? It's, 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 it is up to chance. It is up to chance. But in 1980, no, 1992, after the birth of my second daughter, um, I started doing the calculation for what it would cost 
to finance a college education for both of those girls. And at the time, I decided it would be $100,000. I was off by $150,000, okay? And and uh-huh. and so I said, you know what? really want my girls to have a quality education, or my kids to have a quality education. So I don't see how I can afford more than two, putting them through college. So maybe we'll stop here. I should not have allowed that to stop me. I believe in very, very big families. I believe in big, big families. So if there are regrets, that's my biggest regret. Okay. My biggest regret. One of the things that I've really enjoyed about being a father and a husband let me begin with husband first and foremost, okay? Let's start there. <laughs> yeah. right? My wife has taught me how to be a better man. She really has. Not always by being the greatest woman in the world either. And what I mean by that is she's imperfect. And to the degree that she's imperfect, and for me it was never an issue of whether or not I was going to stay with her, than it was, how do I now live with this imperfect woman who I thought when I met her many, many years ago, because she was so drop-dead gorgeous, that was always going to be the case and that would always be the thing that would keep me riveted to her. Then there's reality, right? And the reality is that as much as she is still a drop-dead gorgeous woman today, almost 36 years later, she's imperfect. She's imperfect. And those imperfections in her then generate feelings of hurt, anger, joy, fear, and relief in me. Now it's time for me to do the inside work. And to the degree that I recognized that years ago, I figured out the secret, if you may. And the secret is, it's never about her. It's always about me. It's always about me. What she has figured out is it was never about me. It was always about her. Once we hit that sweet spot where we identified that each of us had to do our own work because it was always about us in the in, dealing with the imperfection of the other person, that then tipped the scales to keep things moving um, in the right direction. Now, does it mean that then forever it was, you know, paradise? Well, no. No, but what it meant is that even the times that it was not paradise, we recognize that it was the individual in me that did not see the paradise in that situation. I then had to do my work to get to that place of paradise. Oh, wow. Making any sense 100%. to you? 100%. So first and foremost, the biggest joy and the biggest success or gratitude is for my wife. And then those two beautiful daughters who are also pretty. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Nothing, nothing compares to having daughters where they say, I love you. Because of the man that you are. Period. Period. Because what I knew from the very beginning was very simply this. My girls, they would select a spouse based on who I was, who I wasn't, or who they thought I should have been. 
I work like a dog to be the person that I wanted them to select so their life can be of greater quality. Boom, there it is. And that was an inconsistent with my own character. But there were reminders from time to time to time that, hey, Hasty, is that who you really want to be? Because you are the measuring stick. You are the measuring stick. That's the only measuring stick that they truly have and know. And to the degree that you are, they will then make their decision about their spouse based on you. And so because of that, the relationship that has been fostered with those girls over the years, as Master Todd would say, priceless, priceless, my girls, my wife, my girls. Oh, you about to start crying. <laughs> I did. I got water right. It's, it's just, it's crazy the the impact, impact. that parents have on their children. And For life. And For it, it's frustrating, one, how we had opened up, the, how some can be selfish on well, who was the birth for. Yes. Because now I'm no longer raising my child on how they should be raised. It's I'm raising them on how I want them. Correct. But when we learn who we are. Correct. And we can be representations of well, who they should follow, because that's all kids do. Correct. But having that emotional maturity to give them the right guidance of what they should look for rather than what I was taught mm. to give you, mm. having that emotional maturity to then provide that to your children till now they look at you and say, this is the type of person that I need in my life. Correct. There's no greater honor than that. Yeah, it's not like, well, I'm not going to look for a guy who used to own motorcycles because my mom's ex drove a motorcycle and she, he would abuse her. That is correct. It's nothing to do with it. That is correct. It's, let's think to the why. That is correct. Let's get down to that. Understand why we, we like you, you as a parent, want to have that representation. Absolutely. So then they can also find someone and they know what a quality man There you go. Is. There you go. And now your daughters will raise perhaps already doing so, kids that, in the same way you raised them, and then their kids, and then shaped huge, literally shaping generations. It's a domino effect, literally. It's, it yeah. is a the domino effect. A toxic, like, if you raise it, the, your child a certain way, that's just generations of who it's impacting. Yeah, It is a domino effect. And now what you see, when we go back to what we were talking about, how does this whole cyclical thing turns out to be different. It's a domino effect beginning with me recognizing that I need to be the best possible version of myself, first and foremost for me, and those around me become the recipient of that better person that I am. Once I become that person and I continue to be that person, they then model that because they recognize that they would want to become the best possible version of themselves for them. And it is that thing that we want to pass on and on and on, that individuals get a sense of it's okay for me to be me and me to be with me. It is okay. Makes the difference with me first and foremost. It all starts with you. It all starts with you. It does. It just went full circle. It does. And we went over 90 minutes. The clock went off. We could go longer, but unfortunately we do have to cut I know we do. Well, the, listen. What was that quote of the character thing again? The keys in the char character, the key character, the characters in the pudding. The character carries. Go ahead. 
character carries character carries the day. The character day. carries the day. It does. Let me write that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Character carries the day. It is true. <sighs> it is true. Doctor Heasy, it was an honor. Um, you're such a well of knowledge, and it's always great. What a profound episode. Thank this you. This was us. It's it, you know, like we already got like I guess that we broke the ice on the first episode. Yeah. Now yep. it's like we've already kind of established more comfort, like and then, more comfortable. Yeah, and then just we could go on and on and on. Next time we have to book you at the end, so then we can even be yeah, going over. over. Yeah, push it forward. Yeah, yeah. Um, Doctor Hasey, thank you so much. And I know people are going to be able to resonate and understand and and really look inside within themselves. Like, let me is my relationship the one I want to be in? Am I the man who I want to be? Am Correct. I the woman who wants to who I want to be? Correct. And that is the goal of the coffee breakup. Absolutely, and that's exactly what people should take away from this without feeling like it is somehow selfish or idiosyncratic. I mean, it is idiosyncratic, but it's not egotistical. It's not maniacal. It is, how do I get to that point of really being the person who ideally would like to be without it having anything to do about you or say anything about you, right? When I then become who I really would like to be, you and everyone else around me become the recipient of the person that I have become. Some people will like that, some people won't. Whatever you choose to do with that based on who you are, <laughs> you have at it. <laughs> I'm still going to be me. Love that. That is where we, we want people coming into relationships in this very, very healthy place. It makes all the difference. In your truest possible self, in a very healthy person, in a very healthy place, makes it easier for someone else to decide whether or not they would want to be with you. It's also like an empathetic approach because, you know, uh, how would I feel if I would be treated the way that I would treat them? Of course. Like, how would I? So who am I? I want to be a representation of what love is. That's who I want to personify for them. That because is that's what I, I perceive as, as love. Yeah. We'll do it again. We gotta do we'll it do again. We'll do more and more. We'll do more. Man, with that being said, well, so before we sign off, so now for sure, for sure, um, you did say, uh, speak about the orchards, um, but you kind of, I don't want to say like a final thoughts. I just want to say any, anything else of where to find you anywhere else or any anything that you do, just to kind of start yourself at the end so that we can wrap it up. And Indeed. So I'm definitely at uh, the orchards. Uh, so go to go to theorchardsinc.org. Uh, check that video out about um, mental health services that are provided free of charge. Um, so please donate there. I can also be reached at info at helpfulhasty.com. Info at helpfulhasty.com. You can reach me also at shasty at gmail.com. And if you so choose, call a brother. 910-978-8667. Call me. And tell them that the coffee breakup sent you. That's, That's right. That's right. That's right. Because these guys will always be supported in the work that they're doing. Very, very good work. And listen, I get invitations to appear in other places and do do other things. And I do some and I don't do Scroll that. Scroll that. We need you to say yes here. Say no to the rest. It's always yes to the coffee breakup. Ah, let's go. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. We really appreciate you guys. Time to break up. With that being said, ladies and gentlemen, you're here on YouTube. You can find us on uh, Spotify, iTunes, whatever, social media. You can find us. This is a great episode. Dr. Hasty, thank you so much. You're very much welcome. Thank, thank, you. thank you. Thank you. We'll be in touch. Later, Bye guys. Ciao.